You're listening to the Higher Calling Podcast. Today, it's all about resumes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to Episode 2 of the Higher Calling Podcast. My name is Pete Newsom, and it's great to be back again today, this time talking about resumes. I'm joined by Carter Alexander, who's been part of the Four Corner Resources team for two and a half years. It's great to have you today, Carter. And as a recruiter, you've looked at a few resumes, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the introduction, Pete. Um, a few resumes is definitely um, an understatement. You know, we've looked at uh, um, lots of different candidates across lots of different industries. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk on uh, behalf of these resume do's and don'ts. And that's what today is going to be about. It's We're going to be focused on resumes for those who unexpectedly find themselves on the job market and with tens of millions of people in that position right now we want to offer our expertise and experience of being in a position where we do look at resumes for a living and we help candidates uh, perfect their 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 formatting and you know, the way they present themselves so we're going to list a number of things today that you can hopefully apply immediately in your job search so carter let's get right to it awesome yeah so Really, we like to start with the basics here. Um, nothing's more important than that. Uh, you know, first thing we like to, uh, um, you know, always make sure is on the resumes contact information. You'd be very surprised how many resumes I I sift through. I found a you know pretty decent candidate for a position we're reaching out to, and you know, there's no contact information, phone number, email, anything like that on the resume. Um, and you know, I know a lot of these job boards will maybe just say, hey, you know, they'll they'll instant message you through our system or something, anything like that. But hey, I mean, if you are on the market and you're looking for a uh, uh, position that you know you want to be a good candidate for you know you need to make sure you're accessible um, so that's usually the first thing we like to go over and um, and that and that's huge you know, recruiters need to be able to get a hold of you without having to work for it so put the number on there that is, is going to be you know, most accessible for you like Carter just said where you're going to be able to pick up um, a lot of folks will you know, ignore the the email address as well and leave an old one on there. So take the time to make sure that your information is current and whoever is trying to get a hold of you will not have any trouble doing so. So what's next, Carter? What's next? Clearly state your intentions and your goals. Uh, this is also very important. You know, we, we really like to see right away a snapshot of, of the positions that you're going after. So, you know, if, if you are a front-end developer per se, um, and you don't necessarily want to be contacted about back-end developer type positions, or you don't want to be contacted about even like management level opportunities, anything like that, you really want to capture within either your objective, your summary, or even like the skills that you present on the resume, what you're going after. So again, front-end developer, you might put things like their technologies, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, these kind of things, and make that the most prevalent thing that stands out on your resume. Always add the things that um, you'd still do have experience with and maybe like the back end side or, or any type of other skills that you have, but don't make those stand out as much. So I like to think of a resume as the cover of a book, right? The story of you. And you want to portray your intentions on that and your job search. Recruiters and hiring managers who are going to be looking at your resume, they're not, they're not mind readers. They, they don't know, um, you know what your expectations and desires are. Um, unless you tell them. So state that clearly, lead with that at the top of your resume, make it concise, don't, don't, don't be lengthy in doing so, but 
let everyone know who's going to be reading your resume exactly what you're on the market for. So, so you know that that's actually a natural lead into the next point, which is you know tailor, tailoring your resume for the specific job that you want. I think uh, you know, a lot of folks who we encounter who aren't used to um, creating resumes and being on the market, and that's a good thing, right? That you haven't had to create a resume in a while. Um, expect to just have a one-size-fits-all version of the resume, and yeah, that's definitely not the approach that we would recommend. We want you to tailor it for the specific job that you're applying to. And yes, that, that takes a little work. It takes extra work. There's no question about that. But finding a job is a job. So you have to treat it that way. And you want to be as thorough as possible. And that definitely means customizing your, your resume for the individual job to which you're applying. Right, and I, I always like the phrase, especially that pertains to this, the whole work smarter, not harder. And I always think, you know, work smarter and harder. But at the same time, uh, you definitely want to, you know, not be throwing your resume into black holes necessarily. Um, you know, the, the, the worst kind of uh, technique that you could have for this is to just throw out your resume to, you know, 50, 60 companies and just hope for a response, right? I would say instead of doing an approach like that, Throw out your resume to, you know, 10 to 15 positions that you really, really, um, you know, have an aptitude for or something that you're very interested in and, and make sure that those, um, each of those resumes are tailored specifically to that position. Um, just as, you know, Pete said, um, we have lots of different um, skill sets uh, that, you know, each position looks for, you know, make sure to look at the actual job description um, and decide what are the main points that they're looking for. and without putting them word forward, make sure those exact things are on your resume if you do have the skills required for it. Yeah, and you don't want to make the, the person who's reviewing your resume is going to make a very quick decision whether to move you forward or, or hit the delete button. You don't want them to have to work to figure out what it is that you're, you do and, and who you are. So make sure that, that that's clearly stated and make sure it, it you know matches with the job. Um, there's going to be a lot of resumes sent to every opening right now. So if you want to stand out, make sure that it's it's very clearly stated why you're submitting your information for that particular role. And you know that you know, is is consistent with everything that we'll talk about um, today on, on on this podcast. And um, the next thing that that we want to focus on is you know how you should list um, your jobs and your skills on your resume. So Carter, what, what's your thought on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Make it an easy call for the recruiter. Honestly, there's there's an old saying where it says, you know, recruiters spend an average of seven seconds reviewing a resume. And while that's not always the case, it is partially true. Those seven seconds are, are the resumes that are not getting the call, right? Um, I always like to, um, you know, look at the resume and if it's not the exact skills that we're looking for right away for this specific job and that is our priority to fill, you might not get that call, you know, right away. So make sure again, go through the job description, make sure everything's listed there, and um, you know, make your resume that does get the uh, the extra, you know, minute or two, and then and then the call, uh, you know, following that. Well, and to continue with the 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 cover, the book cover analogy, if you go to a bookstore and you're browsing and deciding which book you're going to pick up and read, you're going to look at the covers, and that's going to be you know your the first indication of whether you uh, you're interested in in you know what's what's underneath that cover. So it's it's your one shot coming out of the gate to grab someone's attention, and once again you you want to just be you know clear in your message as to why uh, you're interested in that particular role or 
more specifically, why the person who's reviewing your resume would want to pick yours out of the crowd. Exactly. So let's move on. Everyone has a different, you see here, a lot of different opinions on how a resume should be laid out, uh, be it a functional resume or one that, that lists jobs in, in a specific order. And Carter is someone who um, is that person who may be looking at the resume for seven seconds. What do you want to see as far as how the, um, the resume should be uh, formatted? Yep. Chronological order is, is, the, is the number one most important thing you should have um, right off the bat. So, you know, right away when you look at the resume, you want to see things like objective, summary, skills, right. Right below that, you want to have your experience, the most recent position you've worked, and, and typically a little bit about that as well. Um, so you want to see how long that person's worked there. You want to see the actual months and years. Um, you know, we're going to ask you no matter what, even if you put you worked there from 2018 to 2020, I'm going to ask you how long, you know, January 2018, as opposed to December 2018, that's a big difference there. So, you know, we're going to ask you those things. If there's a gap in your resume, you know, feel free to explain that. It, it is it is okay. There are things that, um, that you know, deem a, a valid gap in your resume. Um, you know, don't try to hide, hide that by just saying, you know, here's your years or anything. So let's go back to the chronological point. You want to have, um, you know, most recent position at the top of your resume following, following downwards, and then obviously add an education bullet. Again, in, in chronological order, you want to have education. If that's something that you completed in the past that led into your career, have that at the bottom of your resume. Um, and um, other than that, you know, I would I would keep it um, keep it pretty simple. So I want to talk about education quickly because uh, the the order of things on your resume should um, in in some ways be determined by how long you've been in your career. So if you're right out of school and you don't have a lot of career accomplishments and haven't had a lengthy job history, then it would make sense to highlight your education up front. Right. But if you're someone like me, who's, um, let's just say, been out of school for a little while, it, it would probably make sense to, to put your education at the very bottom because the reality is that's significantly less important to what I can do for that employer. Um, my, my education um, you know, is really going to be um, uh, on the back burner compared to uh, what, what I've done professionally. But if you're young, you know, and, and, and new in your career, no, it's something you, you should you should certainly put up front. So anything else on the that would be uh, important to, to, to point out when it comes to listing your jobs chronologically? Um, not necessarily. Okay, so we'll move on from that one. <laughs> All right, so so let's move on to the next point, and and that's one of highlighting your achievements. So let's let I guess we're just going to go with this book analogy. Um, you have to be willing to toot your own horn. Um, this is your opportunity to do that. It's your highlight reel. However you want to look at it, not the time to be shy um, in in highlighting your achievements. So um, Carter, what what thoughts do you have on that as far as what a recruiter wants to see when they're looking at the resume? Yeah, actually, I, I just had a, a very close friend of mine. He went through an interview process just uh, um, three days ago, believe it or not. And um, he, he was specific, or I was going through just kind of a basic preparation with him. And this really does still tie into the resumes as well. He was, you know, asking me what kind of, uh, you know, questions they were going to ask him in the, in the interview and kind of what he should talk about. And I was going over some just brief tips and he kind of backed up. He's like, well, I mean, I don't want to, you know, sound overconfident or anything like that. And I'm like, I'm, 
made it very clear to uh, to this candidate or, or, or this friend that he needs to absolutely toot his own horn, make sure he is uh, you know completely heard and that he is bragging about himself. This is your 30 to 40 minutes to actually shine. This is your resume to you know exemplify the uh, the achievements that you have had in your in your careers and everything. So make sure everything that you have done that is you know worth noting is on there. Um, I also like to add, if you have real numbers you can put on your resume, that is that is crucial. You know, you don't just say things like, oh, you know, I, I increased sales in my organization. Okay, how did you increase sales? What are the, the you know, the numbers behind that? Did you increase sales by 20%, you know, you know, from the previous year or 30%, you know, make sure those things are are there, especially if they're worth, worth noting, because those are the things that, you know, management really does care about that the hiring managers do want to look at to see how you can make an impact uh, in their organization. So one of the things that, that uh, I, I feel compelled to, to, to add to that is while you want to portray yourself in the best possible light and, and highlight your accomplishments, you want to be prepared to speak to each of those. And so this is not the time to exaggerate. It's not the time to overstate your accomplishments. And, and so don't confuse those, those points there because you will be asked about those. And you should be comfortable in your answer. And believe me when I say, if you're not, the recruiter and the interviewer is going to is gonna sniff that out. It, it becomes very obvious to those in a hiring position when someone you know has a difficult time answering the points on their resume. And believe it or not, it's something we see pretty commonly. So we, those of us in the profession look for it. Uh, and we look for things that may seem out of line. So you know, we, we've all heard uh, you know, some famous stories of people who've um, you know, lied or exaggerated on their resume. You don't want to be that person because you won't get a second shot uh, at that opportunity. So, and, but, but you know, while we're, we're talking about highlighting things, you also want to show your, your career progression where you can, right? Because that, that shows it if, if you've done well um, historically, then there's a great expectation you'll continue to do that in your next role, and that's a, something that employers are looking for um, in their in the candidate that they're going to you know, maybe not necessarily hire, but certainly move to the next level. So, Carter, what what advice do you have on on that? Yeah, I would absolutely um, say career progression is is pretty important. You know, in showing on your resume. Um, you know, if you've moved from, you know, uh, even 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 little things like a, a just a junior software developer to a senior software developer or even mid-level, you know, you, you want to use those keywords on your resume that you actually show, hey, okay, so in 2018, I was a junior developer. Now I may, I may just, you know, you just have software developer on your resume and then maybe a couple years down the road, you can add senior to it. Those kind of things, even if they're not directly associated with your title, are great things to put in your resume. Because again, it does show that you're progressing in your career, that you might be able to, um, you know, go into a team lead role after that or, or one, one way, shape or another. So um, yeah, I would definitely uh, recommend that. So that's great advice uh, for sure, and and everyone should be able to to use that and um, customize it for their own situation. And just know that when you're creating a resume, it, prior to to starting worrying about the format and how you're gonna uh, put it all together, it makes sense to sit back and and just spend some time thinking about your career and what you've accomplished. You may have to look through old emails. You may you know look through old notebooks if you keep them. You know. It's, it's not uncommon that these things aren't going to be, you know, at the forefront of your mind, especially when you're worried about that, that job and where it's going to come from. And, and certainly there's a lot of stress right now for, for so many reasons. But 
find a quiet place, sit back and, and, and think about it and, and, and make bullets. You know, that, that is something that I've been recommending to, to friends, family and, and business associates for years when it comes to building a resume is just start with bullets and, you know, you won't, you won't necessarily think of them all at once. And that's okay. As you know, on the point we made earlier, a resume is not a static thing. It should be a living, breathing document that you can change, you know, as much as needed. So, you know, don't worry about trying to get it perfect from the start. No one does. Uh, but build that bullet list and then add to it as you go. Um, and when it's time to start actually describing the individual roles, this is a time to be specific. You know, there are many generic job descriptions out there. Um, the, the role that you were in may be generic, uh, have a job, a generic job description associated with it from your employer. But, you know, feel free to take some liberties in writing your job the way it actually was versus the HR approved job description that you were hired under. You know, very rarely do those things line up um, completely and often they don't line up much at all. So write the job description um, as, as it actually was and, and be, be specific, be concise, but you know, be specific about what you accomplished. Carter, what else do you want to add on, on that point? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that's, that's consistently something that I, you know, really coach my candidates for. Um, you know, it's very, very frequent that I see a resume that will say built website, um, you know, or use this technology to, to build website, right? Okay. How did you use that technology and what steps did you use that technology? You know, the hiring managers really want to see that. And, even back it up a little bit before, before that, you know, even HR, you know, if this resume goes to HR first and they're screening this resume and they, um, they are maybe not the most inclined with these technologies. They're not working with them day to day, but you know, they're going off a job description to, um, um, send these resumes and vet them over to the hiring managers. You really want it to be very concise and laid out, even if it seems obvious to you. Um, you know, a lot of hiring managers can infer these things, but you know, human resources or an HR rep or a recruiter talent act, something like that, they might not understand every, every aspect and they might not be able to infer that. So um, being concise and being um, specific with the technologies you used or any other um, type of um, uh, skills or, or requirements is pretty important. So if you're, you're picking up on a theme here, we, we hope you are, and that's make it easy on the person reviewing your resume. Don't make them guess, don't make them work too hard um, because they will quickly move on. So even though the seven second uh, idea of, of how long recruiters actually look at a resume may be exaggerated, assume it's not. And then, and then operate accordingly when you're describing your role and, and, and yourself. So along those lines, it's a natural you know, segue to talk about something that I can tell you my recruiting team absolutely can't stand and I can't stand it either because I I realize frequently how much time they spend on formatting issues with resumes yeah, this is not the time to get cute it is not the time to try to be fancy and to come out with a format that that will help you stand out from the crowd that is a terrible idea and if someone suggests otherwise um, you know you know have have them call me for that discussion because I I would uh, love to hear their logic but formatting issues drive recruiters crazy because oftentimes, you know, your resume needs to be uploaded into a system that just it just won't allow for that. And so, you know, keep it keep it basic in, in, in that regard. Um, Carter, you know, you're you're someone. How often do you have to for, reformat resumes and 
how, how much, how, how annoying is that for you and in, in your job as a recruiter? Yeah, I would typically reformat four out of five of the resumes that I receive. And that doesn't include any of the, um, you know, any content or anything like that. That is simply, you know, dumbing the resume down completely deleting any format and then redoing the entire resume. Um, and that, um, that just comes down to, I, I, I know there's lots of different templates, maybe on Google or anything like that, that, you know, how they're, they're colorful, they're, they're maybe split up into different sections. They use, you know, strange charts or graphs. No, you just want to keep it very simple, exemplify your you know, objective summary skills, education, um, and, and experience and, and leave it at that. Nothing fancy. So a colored, scented, uh, hard copy resume that's scanned in and, uh, and you know, reformatted a bunch of different ways to be able to uh, upload is not a good idea? No, nope, not okay. a good idea. I also don't suggest profile pictures on your resume either. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's something we see and uh, I, I do not uh, recommend. So, so let's so let's kind of shift into that a little bit. We, we've talked about all the things that are so important to do, but now um, let's focus on a couple things to avoid. And why, why don't you expand on that a little bit, Carter? As far as you know, what what are some of those things that you would just consider to be just an absolute you know do not uh, do on your resume? <laughs> right. Yeah. Pictures are for LinkedIn. Uh, pictures are not for your resume. If I want to um, maybe see a, a snapshot or something, again, I'm, I'm going to visit LinkedIn, um, but it is not something to include on a resume. Uh, it is, you know, strictly professional in that in that case. Um, hobbies also not something that you want to throw on your resume. I very frequently see, you know very, very subtly at the bottom of a resume, what this person likes to do on their weekends. Again, might be something I ask you in an interview, not something I'm gonna you know, look for on your resume. It has no uh, you know, relevance to, uh, to the positions we're hiring for or anything like that. It, and then there's an there's an inclination, a natural inclination for some reason to um, to want to share, you know, let your personality shine through at times. And you know, if, if you're a volunteer, um, you know, or a or a or a youth sports coach, I mean, those are great things. They're they're noble acts, but all they do is is detract from the issue at hand, which is really, are you qualified for the role? Save those personal items um, and, and you know, personality uh, things that, that look, they're going to save them for the interview, right? That's, that's the, you, you may not get to the interview if you distract the recruiter by having to, to see, you know, that, that you play volleyball or, um, you know, you like, you like training dogs. I mean, th those are all wonderful things, but just not relevant to your resume and your career and you know just trust us when we say the recruiters really don't have tolerance or time you know to deal with that kind of stuff um so you know carter before we wrap up today i want to you know bring up an issue that's as, as important as anything else um on here and that is spelling and grammar what does that say about a candidate when a resume comes over and you know there's there spelling issues all over the place yeah, well, considering we're in a, a time of spell check where everything is uh, almost done for you, I, I am very surprised um, to see lots of different spelling errors and such on resumes. Uh, I don't know if I could put an exact number on that, but I'd say maybe one out of 10 resumes will have blatant spelling errors throughout the uh, resume, which is something I immediately um, you know, recognize and, and, and recognize as sloppy at the same time. 
Um, when we send over resumes to our employers and everything, one of the things, especially if I see them in the first place with our candidate, is I let them know, hey, you know, this is your, you know, this is your first impression of, of a hiring manager or whoever is on the receiving end of that resume. So make sure right away they know that you are, you know, professional, you are not sloppy, you have everything put together and, and can understand, you know, basic spelling and grammar. So very important, very basic, yet, you know, it's uh, something that you need to make sure you're you're on top of. And often miss as surprising as that may be, uh, we see it over and over and nothing will, will cause you to be ruled out faster than typos and, and spelling and grammar issues. So before you send your resume anywhere externally to a job, to a, to a recruiter, have it proofread. You know, you, you know, everyone uh, should, should know someone who, um, who can do that for them. Use Grammarly. That's a really easy site to run your resume through. There's just no excuse to send over a resume with typos and grammar issues. So um, that, that's a great point to end with because if you can do these things, then you are, we can tell you definitively, you are ahead of the curve. Um, you you will be operating in a way that most people do not. And, and that may sound surprising, but um, just know that resumes are something that most people are not good at, at doing. And you know, we, we in the recruiting industry know that. We accept that. Um, we're not bothered by that at all. But when it comes to attention to detail, and just taking that little extra step for something as important as your career, um, it, you know, it really sets a tone for, um, you know, for how serious you are about the role and how serious we should be about you. And so use these tips as a, as a, as a way to get started with this. And we'll share more information at a deeper level as we go forward with our podcast series. But uh, this is, a, this is a, a starting point we think everyone should be able to apply from the start. So, Carter, anything else you want to... Um, wrap up with before we go yeah i mean really like uh like like we've been kind of uh having this revolving theme is you know make sure to keep it keep it concise keep it uh simple make sure you know you exemplify everything you need on your resume and um you know you'll again be ahead of the curve um with those kind of simple facts there well great thanks for joining today i look forward to um having you on again very soon and thank you everyone for listening to the higher calling podcast and we look forward to speaking with you soon That's it for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Higher Calling Podcast, your source for all things job-related. Please subscribe and visit our website at fourcornerresources.com. Also, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you over email, Higher Calling at fourcornerresources.com. Thanks and have a great day.